I use the term action figure because you know when you were growing up as a kid in America they used to sell you those action figures you know I feel that's what we're like we're like the action figures the body and the body has its own little destiny and it has its predilections and it has its little tendencies but we're constantly believing they're ours yeah if you listen to people describing well I'll just go into it you know <laughs> yeah so I'm going to direct this mostly recovery, but the non-duality shines through it. <coughs> so let's take a simple statement out of the book. Everyone's familiar, a lot of people with this. On page 64, a very important point. On the third paragraph, it says clearly, clearly, being convinced, which means to believe with certainty, Anyone's or everyone's here? (laughs) Being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what had defeated us. We're the us. Yeah. We're the us. And self is sort of like a foreign installment. It's the thought system, yes? So, self, manifesting, manifesting means appearing as, yes, bringing something, bringing something up, you know, to come about, that's manifestation, yes? So, being convinced that self, manifesting in various ways, is what has defeated us, we considered its common manifestations. Now, its meaning selfs, not ours, not us's manifestations, self's manifestations, okay? You follow the logic? And then the next paragraph it says resentment is the number one offender. So if you follow what's actually being said, resentment is a manifestation of self in one of our lives. Fear is a manifestation of self. This foreign installment is what's engendering and activating fear when it's relied on by us. Yeah. It's our reliance on it is that's what allows its defeat of us. Yeah. So us so resent and then when people share about resentment, they call them my resentments. So they're identifying with the expression of self and calling it their own. That's the bondage of self. The bondage of self is an activity. The bondage of self has never happened, nor could it ever happen. It just seems to happen in the thought system. It's not bondage to self. That would be like me, as a seeming real thing, bonded to this seeming real thing, a chair, and I'd be bonded to it, let's say, with some handcuffs. Yes? And then if I found the right keysmith, I could be released, and then I'd be freed from the bondage to self. But the wording isn't that way. It says bondage of self. The bondage of self is an activity, a mental activity. That's what it is. It is mainly driven by the thought system, because if you look at thoughts... So the thought happens, and the self puts something in front of the thought. 
this activity, this final installment, and that's the feeling of my. So you, what you believe is you, when a thought is noticed, there's a feeling that it's either about you or you're the thinker of it. That's the bondage of self. When a feeling occurs to the apparatus, to the body, it's, it's interpreted as my feeling. Yeah. And now that the meaning of the feeling changes dramatically, not by its, itself, but by the addition of the my. Yeah, you can do it very simply. You can prove it very simply. <laughs> Let's say we had a blackboard here, and we put important topics in most people's lives. Let's say money, yes, health, and relationships, or for most people, sex. Whatever. But relationships. I, I'm a little higher up. I think they're relationships. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So everyone would look at those words, and it would trigger some meaning. Yes. It would trigger some meaning. <coughs> now I'm going to change completely the meaning of those words without changing the word. My money. I love every one of you to have tons of money, but I don't want you to have any of my money. Literally. My changes the whole word, doesn't it? Relationships, my relationships. Relationships can be pretty cool. My relationships sometimes end up in stalking charges. Yes? <laughs> because as soon as something becomes mine, I think I have a right to know about it. Yes? What was the other? Health. Oh, shit. Health. My health. That's what's happening all day. Every topic we've ever run into, or we do run into, and any topic that's thought about is being used to facilitate the bondage to the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, a body and a body alone. Yeah? That's it. That's the activity. The freedom from thought is not having no thoughts. That's never going to work. It's not having only good thoughts. It's realizing they're not about you. They're about the body. And you're not the thinker, and you'll lose interest in them. And when you lose interest in them, their influence is based on the interest you have in them. So last night we read a thing in the big book that goes unnoticed quite a lot. That, that big book things. It's on page 53, 54. And I'll read it to you and just see how you, how you hear it. Right? So I don't want to go through the whole chapter of we agnostics. But at this point, someone who's this is sort of leading up to getting loaded again or not getting loaded again. It's at that turning point, yeah? And so Bill W. has been spending a lot of freaking time trying to make it as simple as possible to at least get the person in the door because hopefully the grace would hit them and things could, the possibility of change could occur. So he's been really, the, a lot of the book is like him bending over backwards to make an entry into AA easier. I, the, if I wrote this, it would have been 40 pages basically. So I would just say, fuck you if you don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> really, literally. But yeah, so he's at this point, he's at this point where, all right, he's just spent six, seven pages of this, and he finally goes, hey, without knowing it, yeah, now this is the person who's at that point of the drinking and using and the managing of life, I've brought him to a point and without knowing it, 
we have, had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith. Now, I want to give you my idea of faith. Not a faith. Those are organized Islam and Christianity, something like that. Faith, to me, is just the force of big M mind. Not the mental state. The mind that we are, or the spirit, if you want to call it, or awareness of being. That, in manifestation, when it exerts itself in manifestation, that's faith. This is manifestation. And when mind exerts itself, it's faith. Yet the faith, how it's going to manifest, is in the vehicle it's put in. So, Bill W. is doing an amazing thing here. He's trying to tell the people, your predicament right now is based on misplaced faith. You had total faith in a failed thought system, and it's brought you to this point. Yeah. Why people who are devoted to the thought system are the greatest farmland for anxiety. They're producing tons of anxiety out of, out of imaginary fields called the past and the future. Like Jesus raised someone from the dead, but the guy had at least been alive. The miracle we're doing all day is we're making shit out of nothing. <laughs> we are, constantly. Most people who are flipping out tonight, it's not about tonight. It's either about last week or in the future. That's faith in the thought system. You may not be able to change the thought system, but the direction of faith can be altered. So build up. They say it in the book. It's very simple. Perhaps there is a better way. Trusting something infinite rather than our finite selves. That's the whole process. Yeah. When you move away from the failed system, things start to work. That's just the distribution of faith shifts. Yeah. It says it very clearly in the book. Read it. In the fear inventory, it says, "Yes, you and I a question. Why are you in so much fear today?" And thank God he doesn't let us answer. The book would have been 1,200 pages. <laughs> he goes immediately, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? That's it. What is reliance on self? The self is, there is no thing called self. It's a thought system. The thought system organizes the whole system under this banner of its you. Yeah? But it's the thought system. There is no self. It's a projection. Yeah? And it says, that is the root of all fear. It's the reliance, the big M mind, or our beingness, relying on a thought system that casts us as a body and a body alone. That's it. This is really an incredible line. So then, it's not, he's not done yet. So he's just said, all right, I'm breaking it. He breaks news to people very gently. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Hey, it could, what, it could have been a certain kind of faith. <laughs> I'm not really saying that kind, like your faith. <laughs> or did we, not, did we not believe in our own reasoning? Saying the same freaking thing, you know? Did we not, what's belief but faith, yes? A thought to have any power over you must be believed. 
<laughs> if you don't believe it, it doesn't have any sway over your ass. It's true. That's your active role here. You may not be aware of. So here he goes. What? And then he goes once again. Did we not have confidence in our ability to think? What was that but a sort of faith? Not a sort of faith. It is faith. He's trying to be nice, but it's faith. That force of mind is going to manifest in the vehicle it puts in. That's why we can produce anxiety out of nothing. Through faith in the thoughts. That's the bondage of self. It's, a, it's an unsuspected inner power, like they say, the inner resource. Well, one of the, one of the tributaries of the inner resource is faith. And it's been misplaced in our lives. We've been believing the fucking alcoholic thoughts as, a, as if they're the Greek oracle. I'll give you an example, I swear. And this is, this, I'd love to have it start playing on the screen, video screen, because it's fucking epic, really. All right. Now, I had, you know, when I drank, the first thing I discovered was I had magnetic appeal to people in uniform. When I would drink, I attracted policemen. I mean, out, almost out of the woodwork. I got arrested in so many weird ways. Yeah? All right. So, I was afraid. I'd been in jail quite often, and I was afraid to go to jail. So, I had a court date. And, uh, and, and I, ha I, had a, I connected court to jail, because many times when I went to court, I ended up in jail. So... I went to my Greek oracle, old wise one, my thought system, and I'd say, what do I do? I don't like feeling this way. And it told me, don't go to court. <laughs> I said, oh, great. And suddenly the fear vanished completely, and I was free again. Very temporarily. <laughs> and then I, so October 10th came, and I was supposed to go to the court date, but I sat home, and I was drinking, you know, those poor jamokes, they're sweating it out, and I'm fucking free from it. I'm not going to jail. And then about three days later, I'm driving my girlfriend's car, and a policeman pulls me over, and I, I mean, I haven't done anything, so I had this little righteous indignation. And he comes up, he says, you have a broken taillight. So I give him the registration and the, and the license. And, you know, they would sit in there for like 15 minutes. It's like they're reading a huge novel of you or something. It's very discomfort, you know, uncomfortable. You're sitting watching, the, he's not coming out. And if you hear this, it means you're going to jail. Please, Mr. Hedman, will you step out of the car? Yeah. So now I'm arrested, and I fucking throw a little alcoholic tantrum. Why? I haven't done anything. He says, hey, you missed the court date. They issued the bench warrant. So now I'm in jail, and I have two court dates. That was my solution. Now time's that. 24 hours, 7 days, months, and years, and then you know why you're fucked. So here, this statement about self manifesting in various ways. If you, most people are being directed to do an inventory on their resentments, their fears, their acting out. When that really, if you would look at it as the expressions of self, then you would really see the pattern how self defeated you. But we keep calling its expressions ours. How, how do you expect to get free from that which you take yourself to be? 
you have to see it as a foreign installment or as a parasitical movement because then the mind can entertain that you're not that and this had happened to me around the 11th year of sobriety or 9, 10 or whatever <coughs> I was lucky enough to do four step workshops all around the world you know since I was three years sober. So I knew this, I, I was on the chapter of how it works like every week in San Francisco, every Monday night for like 19 years, 16 years. But something happened, my head cracked open a little bit or whatever, you know, the camera got a little moved and then I saw things anew and I went back to this chapter and when I read it, I saw self as a foreign installment or as a parasitical movement. And suddenly, by entertaining the idea that it was not me, the next thing I could entertain, which was never available before, was I can be free from it. Because mm -hmm. most of us are trying to be free as it. Mm -hmm. yeah. We're trying to be free as that, which is the act of being bonded. Mm -hmm. We want the bonded to get free, and therefore it will make, uh, make your wanting to get free another form of bondage. That's the curse of spiritual seeking. A disease in itself. Literally. <laughs> you see? So, if the thoughts wouldn't be yours, I tell you, you'll lose interest in them. Because you're interested in shit that means, it you know, relates to you. Listen, I used always use this example. I'm interested in a woman who's in the other room. Yeah? I, I'm already in my head, I'm married to her, I have two kids, <laughs> and there's no divorce on the horizon in my imaginary future. And to the head, it's very important. She's much more important than what I'm doing right now. So I'm sitting trying to, I'm supposed to be doing a talk, but my, I'm waiting, I'm trying to hear what she has to say, because I want to hear if she says, I like that guy Paul, you know? Because I'm not going to go cold turkey and ask her out. I'm too afraid of rejection, so I want to, I want the bed hedged, you know? I want to, oh yeah, she likes, oh, would you like to have some coffee? <laughs> All right, so then someone said, points it out to me, hey, Paul, you should be, be, you know, you should be attending this meeting, and I want to, but I'm, these aren't, these my attention and interest at this point is not under my supervision. It's going to go to what the mental state <coughs> thinks is important, yeah. not what I would feel is important. Yeah. So then someone, all right, I can't do it. Someone comes up to the desk and throws a book out. How to lose a conversation, how to lose interest in a conversation in another room. I pace through it. I agree with it, but I can't help it. But suddenly she says something. I'm like, spider sense goes up. And she says, I really like that guy, Matt. And my name is Paul. What happened? <laughs> my interest and attention leaves that room immediately. I don't have to send, you know, Navy SEAL Six team to get retreat. Get my attention. It's you know, it's behind it. No, immediately leaves. Why? Because it wasn't about me. That's the way to be in relationship to the thought system. It is. Look at what happens. You came over. You come over to me. And you're talking about all your future troubles. Yeah? Basically, you're talking about what's not happening. I'm bored in a minute or two. Yeah? <laughs> I am. Unless I want something from you, I'm bored. Yeah? If I want something, I'll pay it, you know, act like I'm interested. But until I get what I want, then it's... That's it. I'm out of it. <laughs> so, all right. Yet, the same thoughts that are driving you crazy, I'm seeing them as yours. They have no ability to drive me crazy. But the exact same thought in my head held as mine has the ability to drive me crazy. It's not the thoughts, it's the mind. It's your, the whole 
bondage, the whole root of the bondage of self is identification as a self. Obsession over the self is to reinforce the identification. That's how the thought system keeps the identification in place. It obsesses quite a lot. You think it's the obsessions. It's not the obsessions. The obsessions are being used to fortify the identification, to reinforce the identification as a self. So what happens? When you were young, I wasn't in an abusive situation. Life was happening. Yeah? And then when the mental state develops, an interpretation takes the experience of life away, and now life's happening to me. That's a fucking story. Tell me what else it is. It's a story. It's an interpretation. From a subjective point of view, so now you become everything that you ever think about, and life is seen as how it pertains to you. That's not seeing life. That If you use those type of eyes that have been bifocaled into self-centeredness, this is the blindness to what's actually seen. So when you look for what you think is something other than you, and you call it God, you're looking with these blind eyes. You are that which you're looking for. It's looking right now. As St. Francis says, what's looking is what you and I are looking for. Mm. It doesn't say what's looking, and then five pages of requirements you have to fulfill to become what you're looking for. What's looking right now is what you're looking for. Or in, in other spiritual terminologies, the seeker is the sought. Yes? That's the freedom from the bondage of self. The thought system stuff keeps happening, but now you have immunity. The easiest immunity is to what's not happening because it's based on the fact that it's not happening. <laughs> There's nothing more you need to do. When you realize it's not happening, what more do you need to do? You can't get out of an imaginary place. <laughs> you can't. You can't transcend an imaginary place. That's why no one seems to be successful in their spiritual endeavors, because the first step is off. You are what you're looking for, but you take yourself to be a body. And so then, from that point of view, it, the only way you can think about spirituality is to get some spirituality, become spiritual as a body. Like the thing with the daily, you know, the daily reprieve, you know, the maintenance, the, the daily reprieve from alcoholism is contingent on the maintenance of us of your spiritual condition. Okay, it's going to be very difficult to glue a spiritual condition onto a body. <laughs> You're going to have to be really vigilant. It's going to fall off all the time, and when you most need it, it probably won't be available. Yeah, but what would happen if you are a spiritual condition? Knowing and living, not knowing, but being that is the highest form of maintenance of a spiritual condition. Being a spiritual condition. And who's to say you're not? Only the head. The head has you search for spirit. It never cares. It doesn't give a shit. It knows exactly everything you do will be claimed as you doing it. Yeah. The mental state. You do meditation... It says you're the meditator. That's all it does. The, the first movement of selfing, the main movement of the parasite or the foreign installment is claiming. 
It does not have a life, so it claims yours. Yeah. So conscious contact, to me, is the base of an experiential event. Yeah. This place. Conscious contact is awareness moving through the five gates of the senses and the sixth gate, which is mind. Yeah. So you notice or you basically hear thoughts, and then there's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. That's not, you are not conscious. That's consciousness moving through this body. Yeah? When I was young, we used to have relatives parties, and this guy, Uncle Fred, used to come, and I liked him because he used to, you know, give me a dollar behind his back, you know, don't tell your mother. And, uh, yes. So I liked him, and then he passed away, and my mother took me to the funeral, and uh, we were sitting there, and then she says, let's go say hello, goodbye to Uncle Fred. So she brought me to the casket, and as soon as I saw the body, I had a hit. That ain't Uncle Fred. See, I was misidentifying the life that was there moving through him as the body because I was in the state of misidentification that I was a body. But when I saw life out of the body, it was super clear in a nanosecond, that ain't Uncle Fred. So this is a simple imitation. It's just taking the principles a little farther back and see if it works for you. For me, it has. It's stabilized to a traveling lighter for years now. And over time, it doesn't promise the geography of your action figure destiny is going to change, but you'll travel lighter with whatever's going to happen. And I'll tell you, after having that occur for quite a while, that's the most valuable gift of all. Yeah, that you have an ease and comfort in your own skin and in the circumstances you find yourself in. That sense of irritability, restlessness, discontent, that imperative to seek gets flipped over to it because the faith. When the faith is in the thought system, it's going to produce that irritability, restlessness, and discontent. When the faith is in spirit, it's going to produce an ease and comfort. It's the same energy. It's just what, it, what vehicle it's put in. And right now, we seem to be enslaved to it, the vehicle of the mental state. Don't we? Most people, just listen to people when they talk about okayness. It's always, I will be okay, or I was once okay. You're constantly on the treadmill of trying to get to a, a, like a, a wanted state while you're denying your inherent state. Look at a hamster wheel. It's the old, a hamster wheel without a hamster isn't a wheel. <laughs> it's not wheeling. It's just a, a sil, you know, circular metal thing. It's the hamster that pr- produces its definition of a wheel. Where's, where's the hamster in this little experiment? We've taken ourselves to be something that we're not, and the thought system pounds away at it. It interprets everything based on that reference. And even spirituality, our own nature, is looked at as something to acquire and attain. It's freaking insane. It's like a form of slavery. So when the mind drops, the mind drops out, your life changes. Now life's happening again. Not to you, just happening. Yeah, and you can travel a lot lighter. Because if it's happening to you, you've got a lot of opinions why it shouldn't be happening to you, don't you? You've got a lot of old ideas that this shouldn't be the way it is. It's all a giant bundle of denial of what's actually happening. When life is happening, 
you can fit yourself around circumstances instead of trying to fit them around you all fucking day. And it's very hard to fit around imaginary circumstances, which is mostly what's being broadcast in most people's heads all day. You're in the world of what's not happening. In what's not happening, anything can happen. <laughs> you can have cancer next week. You can. You can be destitute. Thousands of whatever your fucking insane head can imagine, you can worry about. And then there's what's, ha- what's happening, which doesn't have all of those possibilities, but it has one thing that what's not happening doesn't have, which is it's happening. <laughs> this is happening. Like it or not, this is all there is. <laughs> That's what... And it's no effort to fit yourself. See, this idea... I don't know if they're still doing it, but in spiritual circuit circus, they had that big... A lot of books came out about how to get into the moment. You know? Yeah, I mean, tons of books. How to get into the moment. All right, so then you would read it, and this and that, and then that wouldn't be enough, so you'd wait for the second edition, how to really get into the moment. And then you're thinking you're an advanced person, how to really, really get into the moment. It's a fucking insane idea that you could ever be out of a moment. You and I have never been out of any moment we're in, ever. The whole idea of trying to get into the moment more is a fucking way of denying the fact that you can never be out of the moment. The mental state uses the basic condition and makes us a goal that you can never reach. It takes what's always available right now and puts it on the field of time and keeps pushing the yards. The goalposts keep getting moved back. Well, I'm going to get there soon. 20 years, 30 years. And once I was reading this Buddhist magazine many, many years ago. Very good magazine. And they had a, a, a guest uh, opinion or essay on it by a, a famous meditation teacher. Yeah? And he was talking about this phenomena that he was experiencing lately with his, with his students, old-time students. They were all getting in touch with them and saying, you know, I've been meditating for 25 years and nothing's really changed. I said, thank you so fucking much. (laughs) You're being meditated right now by spirit. (laughs) If If you were ready to embark on a long journey and people who have been on that journey for 25 fucking years told you it hasn't gone anywhere, would you buy the ticket? (laughs) Yes, probably, because you think you're different, and it's going to work for you. You can't learn from others. These statements are to save you time. Because the time isn't... See, this place here, if you take yourself to be this, you're defined by a lot of other circumstances and conditions, yes? You've got your emotional conditions, your mental conditions, your physical conditions, what you call your spiritual conditions, your financial conditions, your circumstantial conditions, and let's say your relationship conditions. Now you have all these things that are totally dependent for how you feel as this action figure, yes? And the selfing decides or decrees that it's the manager of this whole event, and so you're attempting to get these very volatile blocks all lined up 
in a row so that you'll hit that moment and it will be great. Yeah? <laughs> so maybe it's three weeks after retreat and you've, all, you've gone raw and you're drinking juice and you're getting your feet massaged, no outside calls, no bills. And so I feel, and then you've lined it up. And then at nine o'clock in the morning on Sunday, you hit it. Oh, everything is perfect. What happens? 901 shows up. 902 shows up. One of the blocks moves because that's what they do. They're volatile. You cannot find stability in vol- volatility. You can't rest in volatility. What you are is the only reliability. What's looking right now is constantly on. It's the only place to truly rest your fucking head. Everything else is temporary and conditioned. And we're not happy with that. That's why we keep seeking. The only reliability is what you actually are right now. But we're just not seeing it from who we think we are. Because we're blind to it. The only way you can feel like what you're feeling like now is to be blind to what you truly are. And it blinds itself by looking for it. And it will look for it a long, long fucking time because it knows it's never going to find it because you're already there. True awakening is sort of sudden. It doesn't take any thought or effort. Is is that consciousness that's coming out of you right now, does it display any effort or thought are you having to <laughs> you join groups to see better or maybe if I look at spiritual people I get to see more you know or I'm, like, I'm so tired of seeing your eyes may get tired but what seeing never fucking gets tired has it ever exhibited when you sleep and wake up how does it take eight minutes to, for the room to appear yeah. a whole world is here like that and when you close your eyelids, it's like galloping horses are behind you. You're fucking on. You're so bright. How could you believe that you stop at the cheekbones? You know, they used to have that statement in Christianity. The kingdom of heaven is within you. And if your reference is a body, I'd say, fuck, this is a small kingdom. No parking whatsoever. <laughs> but the kingdom of heaven is in you, and everything is in what you are. The mind, the big M mind, I like to call it because the old Zen masters of China called beingness or awareness mind, big M. And it triggers a lot of sense feltness when I say it. That's what works for me. But let's just say the mind is like the sky. Okay? Now in the sky, a lot of things can appear in the sky, yes? Clouds appear and go. And let's say a cloud appears... Let's say it looks like a dog. Can it become stationary? So every morning you get up, look up, and right there's the dog again. The clouds are too volatile. They're always being affected by other forces, yes? They disappear. Do they leave any mark on the fucking sky? When it rains, does the sky get wet? When the planes are flying through it all day, do they ever call the tower and say, I ran into a big chunk of sky? (laughs) When birds shit, does it shit on the sky or on your car? Yes. The sky allows everything to appear in it, yet is not affected by anything that appears. That's what your mind is like. That's what mind is like. That's what awareness is like. That's what being is like. It's pristinely untouchable by everything that's happening here. It can't be tattooed. It can't be marred. It can't be blemished. 
It's untouchable. The content leaves no impression on the bowl when you pour the soup out. Hot or cold, chunky or milky, it doesn't do a damn thing to the bowl. We are context, appearing as content. Somehow or another, we've fallen for an advertising and context has become identified as the content. And the thought system reinforces that all day. You live in time completely because the thought system is drenched in time. There's a solution, you know? It doesn't, it's not a solution that comes and goes. You're the bearer of it. You're it. Have anyone read The Course of Miracles here? No? The Course of Miracles, it's almost like an inventory process. So, you know, when you do a four column inventory, everyone in any, every bar tonight in LA does column one and two. They know who they're mad at and why. Does it bring any relief? No. They just order another drink. <laughs> and then we do the third column and then go to the fourth and see our role in it. And there's a chance for a huge amount of relief from that little bit of movement. All the other things that I really like, just take it back a little farther. Of course, in Miracles says, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. That's a huge role to be playing here. You and I give everything... That's pretty comprehensive. (laughs) All, also pretty comprehensive. There's no wiggle room. You and I give everything all the meaning it has. That's what's happening here on a perceptual level. Yeah? Undifferentiated lighter spirits coming through all these cameras, and the cameras, the conditionings, the proclivities, the tendencies, right? Fracture the light, and now it differentiates, and this world is seemingly produced. Never losing the undifferentiation, just appearing as, in a myriad way. Yes? But when you look into it, it's still all light. Yeah. That's mind. That's mind and dreaming. So it says here, this to me was a, a perfect diagram of everyone's life here on a day. You and I are the dreaming of this dream. Yeah. It says dreamer, but I don't like nouns. I think everything is verbing here. So, so I changed the word, but I'll say it the way he says it in the book. They say, you and I are the dreamer of the dream. We forget that we're dreaming. This is the important point. Because when, when I read that, I wanted to inquire, well, how is that forget, forgetfulness seemingly being produced? Well, it's how I found it was produced by remembering self. Mm-hmm. So we're busily remembering self, and that, then we forget that we're the dreamer. Yeah? So we, let's say we're finding ourselves in that seeming condition. So what happens when that, that, that's the situation? Now, I'm the dreamer. I forget that I'm dreaming. And in that state, I give everything I've dreamt all the power to affect me as the dreamt. Sounds like everyone's day. Literally. Yeah? You and I are the dreamer of the dream. We forget that we're dreaming. First of all, it's an impossibility. What's dreaming never forgets it's dreaming. But when it becomes identified as the dreamt, it can seemingly forget the dreaming. It's through identification that it can forget what it is. That's the act of identification. That's the bondage of self. That's the root of the dilemma. So in that condition, 
Now that power, I just said, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. Now, you give all that meaning to things to be able to fuck with you as a thing. And that's basically the diagnosis. Now, how are you going to change that if you keep the same numbers in the same sequential thing? I'm a body. Yeah? There, this is real. The world is real. The thoughts are real. The feelings are real. You're going to be the target of all the sling and arrows your head fucking can come up with. Yeah? Well, what would happen if you realized you weren't the dreamt? Then you'd be able to see that there's dreaming. Yeah? So there, let's say you're, if you're in a dream and there's a dream tiger in there. And of course, the appropriate reaction is to be scared shit. Especially in a little space. You can read a lot of books, how to cohabitate a little space with a tiger, but you're going to be fucking concerned because you know the qualities of a tiger can rip your throat out, yeah? So you may be, there is no, you know, affirmations and all this. None of it. (laughs) What happens if you realize you're not a dreamt object? You'll see the tiger, the dreamt tiger as a dreamt tiger. Will you be afraid of it anymore? And how long will it take to get over the fear? No time at all. I had this thing when I was young. I'm sort of colorblind. Yeah. So when I was 12 and I was starting to think I got to look cool, and we used to go to this place, Roosevelt Mall, in the middle of Long Island. It's from Rockville Center. And so I had this outfit I really liked. I had like corduroy pants, red corduroy pants, and I had longish hair, you know. And, uh, and I had a gray long sleeve shirt, t shirt. And I'd go to the mall every weekend with the same outfit. Because a lot of people were checking me out. I'm hey, it's working. So I'm walking around, <laughs> looking in the mirror. I see myself. Yeah, looking pretty good. And I just went on for about three months. And then one of my friends had compassion on me. And he said, Paul. I go, yeah, you know those red corduroys? I said, yeah, they're magenta, Paul. Mm. And he says, you know that, that gray shirt? Yeah, it's pink. <laughs> so as soon as they told me it, I saw it as pink and magenta. And it never turned into gray and red ever again. That's awakening. <laughs> That's what it can be like. Yeah? I didn't I never went in the closet to make sure. No. It's still pink, still magenta. Did you no. ever wear it again? No. <laughs> I was 12 years old. What the hell? I was living for my face, not my ass. That's what they say in AA. you got to be willing to give up your, uh, what, your face instead of your ass. But I thought my ass, my face was my ass. <laughs> so do everyone here. You're living as an image, a mental projection. I'm telling you, it's an interpretation. How could... (sighs) Whatever, you know. You know, if I I was going to enter the therapy world, become a therapist, I was going to... My my, uh, expertise would be, what's not happening? (laughs) The people would order an hour interview, but I knew better, so I could stock about 80 people a day. I'd be done, I'd retire in a week. Because as soon as they went off on all their problems, I'd just say, hey, that's not happening. (laughs) See you next week, Bob. (laughs) Get the next person in. I mean, cuddly, cut the fucking train of time off. That's not happening. What else is there to do? How can you have a valid, clear response to an imaginary problem? The only appropriate reaction is, it's imaginary. 
I'm telling you, it's imaginary. Believe me or not, find out. I'm telling you, it's an activity. It can never culminate into becoming you. It can only seem to be you. And that seeming to be you has to be constantly reinforced. Why do you think so many thoughts go through your noggin all day? It's not the thoughts, it's that they produce the my. The my can connect to the thought and use the thought as the necklace that bonds you and turns into a noose. Why do you have so many feelings? It's because the my gets a bigger hit on your ass by claiming so many of those fucking feelings. If only one feeling came by and only one turned my, you could travel very lightly. But hundreds of feelings and sensations are happening and every one of them are being held to be yours. There's a solution. Yeah. I, it happened. I saw, I've seen it. I've seen the production of selfing. I've seen the problem from the solution. I don't know the solution from the problem. I know the problem from the solution, and it's imaginary. It's an activity. And you're in cahoots with it. You have to be in total compliance with it. Your faith has to be constantly in that system for it to produce the effects that it's producing. Without you, it's a paper tiger. Without you, it's a blow-up doll with a lot of holes. You're constantly... (laughs) just pouring all your intention and interest in it to keep it to have a shape and so that you can call it you. Let the fucking thing be dead. It's dead already. You're on a dead horse. Get up. There'll be live ones coming by. (laughs) It's slavery. It's the same old, same old. Do a journal and go back to the one you did 18 years ago. Sounds very familiar. (laughs) Because the same thing, it runs the same... I'm afraid of... And then fill in the blank. I'm afraid of... I'm concerned about... (laughs) We're like redundant. Yeah? We're an afterthought. The spirit in the life has been neutered by the idea, the all the old all, all all momentum drive of the mental state. I know. You never find out anything. I never find out anything if it's preceded by I know. It's like a forensic unit. It's like a fucking one of those autopsies when you in school when you open up a frog. It's dead. Yeah. Like a great master Ramana Maharshi says, to know God is to be God. The knowing of God is not knowing, it's being. The knowing of yourself is not knowing, it's being. You're it. It's verbing. You're not a topic that you can put on the glass. You're like it's like a it's like people who think they can know a river by taking a glass of water out of it. But when you take the water out of it and have it in a glass, you lose the biggest effort, essence of the river, which is rivering. Rivering. Oh I know this is the river. It isn't the fucking river. There's no verb there. A life known isn't living. A life being found out is living. Well, there's a solution. 
for us with recovery. It's it's in the book. It says it very clearly. We know but a little. People who come after us will add on to it. Hey, we're the ones who come after. When the book was read, the most time they had was four years. Some of us have 50 years now. There's been more downloads. Not to change it, but to amplify it. To add on to it. This idea it's not AA as a way of deterring any kind of other knowledge vehicle. It's not AA. It's fucking this it's it's the same thing they said to be wary about, the Herbert Spencer, contempt prior to investigation. Yet we're doing it ourselves all day. That's not an open mind. That's a fundamental mind. I'm too stuck, man. I love it. I'm happy I finally heard it. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have to keep hearing it. <laughs> this is the Cedar sign. <laughs> yes. All right. So that's, that's yeah. All right. Question. Question. So when I go into this space, there are definitely several different states of consciousness that I can get into. One of them is I can completely detach from yours, mine, everything and just open up into a blank state of awareness. The other one is, have compassion, be more loving, use your heart mind, use your heart mind. Personally, for me, I don't use that mind all that much. It's not that I'm a cold piece of work, but I don't often have massive empathy, weeping, crying. Who doesn't have empathy? Right, exactly. And so I'm curious, what is your relationship to that idea? None. Nice. I don't believe there's any you in you. I don't believe there's any you in any of us. There's no you that no you that's going into something, no you that left something. No, it's all tricks. It's all slights of mental hands. You are everything. You are the context. You are the sky. The sky doesn't move. It doesn't move towards a cloud or move away from the cloud. It allows the cloud. Yeah? We're more like that. So a lot of times when you believe you go into states, that thing that believes it went into a st- into states is a mental state. It's not you. You're the seeing. Daughter, ordinary dog shit awareness, basically. You're incessantly on at all times, you're always available this is always available at all times with no requirement necessary to need it it's not an experience, it influences all your experiences this is not an experience, you do not have an experience of what you are you are it you're being it you're not experiencing it, you're being it it's much more direct Experiencing it still has you as the experiencer. Being it is being it. Just like awareness. Awareness is not doing awareness. It is awareness. When awareness is manifesting, it's being awareness. Because that's its nature. It's not doing awareness. What we are is being. It's not doing. Lots of doing happens through this. But that which is being is not doing anything to become being. It is being. Yeah? 
That's the good news because the solution is not of time, nor are you going to arrive there in time. It's a timeless solution. You're the immediate solution that you're attempting to find in temporal, uh, temporal linear process. You're it, all every step of the way. Yep. Yeah. So this is just don't believe me. Just sharing, you know, but downloads. I'm this, you know, if I talk tomorrow, it may be different. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't even matter what's being said. Hopefully, you sense the energy in the room. That's the message. Like you're being served a spiritual subpoena right now, yeah. And you're not going to be co- brought called to the court of the mental fucking king. You'll be brought to the court of light, and then all your seeming transgressions and trespasses are already atoned for. They never fucking actually happened. Hey, Paul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a question. So when you're a child and you're experiencing your life, you see it through a certain, like a, I don't know. Lens. Lens. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not until later when you're older do you start to look back and think about it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But usually, the when you're a kid, you look back and you think, unless you had like a bad experience as a child, you know, yeah. with a family or something like that, you look back on it glowingly, right? Because you didn't really, you just were living your life. Yes. Right? Well, life was living you. Yeah. yeah. So, is this kind of what you're. It's like at? that, yes. Very much so. You know how you, it was very frequent, wonder and awe? And over time, it became very infrequent. Mm-hmm. So instead, you now you have to jump off a bun- with a bungee cord mm-hmm. to get a rush. You know, I could play for three years with like thirteen plastic army men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Griffith underneath an old apple tree in my backyard. My, I did. We didn't get thirty pounds of plastic toys. We had little things, and the imagination filled in all the space. It was great. Yeah. What happened? We grew into a mental state. The self thing is proven in research. The baby does not have a sense of other or self. It takes about 12 or 18 months for it to develop. It's until the mental state develops, and then you feel like you're different. And that's why they have in the twos when a kid is, the my is usually the first movement. They start claiming everything. That You know when you're a little kid, that you're giving everything away, and then there's my, my? That's the beginning of the mental development of selfing. Yeah. But nothing is gone. Nothing has been lost. It's just not being noticed. If something changes, more possibilities arise that seem to have been lost and forgotten. Nothing's lost. It's just the possibilities. Like all of us represent a giant iCloud of data and information. Yeah? Now what we'll download is based on the key you punch. If you keep punching the key me, then that same shit's going to keep downloading. (laughs) Simple as that. If you punch the key I, (laughs) other stuff downloads. What are the choices are there to punch? There's no choice at all. Recognize the one. Well, here. There's a lot of subdivisions of me. There's only one I. But you'll be lost in a labyrinth of subdivisions. You'll try to change the me, you know, usually just by changing your outfits, you know, tattoos and leather and then robes and a loving gaze, you know. (laughs) <laughs> change the me thinking it's going to change the eye the eye is changeless the me. you're taking what's a suit as skin 
Yeah. You're willing to remove everything, but one of the suits you call you. It's like the hold on. It's like that that <laughs> thing Chuck C with the new pair of glasses. Have you ever felt around? Yeah. You don't even have a pair of glasses on. If you actually felt, you'd never find one. So why do you need a new pair? <laughs> Seriously, we just assume a lot of shit. We don't. The mental state does. The whole selfing. What it does is, it is, this is a great statement by a great master to me, Ramana Maharshi. He boiled it down to many, many things, but in his writings, you will run into the same statement said in many ways. To me, this is selfing. The presupposing. So when the mental state supposes something, it presupposes it. In other words, what happens is conscious contact occurs, an event happens. The mental state arises after the event, claims it, and says, it happened to me. And then that feeling of being me feels like it was before. Yeah? <laughs> it doesn't, the, you know, the rules you're playing with time, the mental state doesn't play those times. It uses an afterthought to point to a priorness which it has no right to deserve or own. It's not there. Awareness is here. What you are is not thought. Like we said last night at a meeting, there's a great story in the book about, you know, when people go back out after time and everything and, you know, go back into hell. And it starts with this. A thought occurred to me. <laughs> That's the whole thing. A thought occurred to me. And then one of, you know, chapters and chapters and chapters of fucking stuff. What would happen if something other than a thought occurred to you? How about a pause occurred to you? How about if the pause was recognized as you finally showing up in your life? Because that's what it is. You don't have a face. That's your original face. And look at when you actually really show up in your life. Things can change unbelievably. So what would happen if a pause occurred to you? And then a thought. You'd have immunity to the thoughts effects. Because the mind wouldn't be able to be built. There'd be no bridge. You would see it as other. You would see it as foreign. You would see as a typical alcoholic thought, or whatever you want to call it. There'd be distance to recognize it. It wants to be so close to you, so you can't get a beat on it. And it can't be any closer than mine. No fucking way. It's the act of being identified is the root of the problem. So here, this is beautiful. Presupposing the existence of a non-existent thing. You hear that? It's an incredible statement. The presupposed, this is what selfing does. Selfing, the thought system, if devoted to, it presupposes that you're the thinker. It presupposes, because it's claimed the feelings also, it presupposes that you're the feeler. Of every fucking feeling. Of every freaking thought. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Of every action, it will presuppose you as the actor of. Every one of them. Even the ones that happened when we were taken over by alcoholism and people, the first step 
the first part of it, powerless over alcohol. It's like when, if you were dancing with a gorilla, when would the dance stop? When it wanted it to stop. <laughs> yeah? Yet people still have tons of guilt and shame being produced by the, because of what the behavior that happened under the influence of the parasite, they keep claiming to be their behavior. They're still producing guilt and shame based on the shit I did while I was under the influence, and the step just says you are powerless over it. When are you going to let yourself off the hook? Doesn't mean, and that because people say, well, then you're not responsible. No, you're fucking accountable. It's like if my dog shits on the neighbor's lawn and he complains, I don't get embarrassed. It wasn't me. <laughs> I go over there and clean it up. Yeah, I made the amends. I don't. I don't go over for twenty years. I didn't shit on the lawn. It was my fucking poodle. He's dead now. Right? Really? There's something amiss here. There's a claiming. There's a heist that's occurring all day. It's like we spend tons of time trying to get like spiritual security and this and that. But the thief is in the house. It doesn't matter if you have the greatest alarm system. He's standing right next to you, and every time you see him, you call it me. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so... Oh, wait a minute a second. I want to finish this trip, all right? <laughs> I don't usually like questions much. <laughs> Sometimes they turn into therapy, and this message isn't about therapy. This message is a simple invitation, weigh it or not, and see what happens. It's not something to be debated or discussed or gone over, because I don't give a shit, really. I'm just a mailman. I don't want to sit around and talk to you about the letters you just got from me. I'm just giving you the mail. And I'm so here, so please, and then I'll answer your question. <laughs> The presupposing the existence of a non-existent thing and then wanting to get salvation for that imaginary thing. Yes? Here we go. When your practices themselves become a means of giving life and to the mental state, they are a means to doing just this. The mental state will claim this and this is what it habitually does. Right? When your practices themselves become a means of giving life to the non-existent thing. How can they destroy it? How, Tom, how are you going to practice yourself out of the feeling of being the practitioner? It's an imaginary idea. You're trying to get out of it reinforces its re reality. So it says, it goes down, this is really good. So, <laughs> to try to destroy this imaginary thing is to be just like a thief, turning himself into a policeman to catch the thief who is none other than himself. <laughs> ah! If the shoe fits, wear it, bro. <laughs> so, you have it? All right. I'm on up with something. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, um... Thank you so much, and I, I was uh, 
curious, you know, if, uh, so, mm-hmm. what, just, uh, you know, if rather replace thinking with pausing and let self do that, say, and so when mm-hmm. we think, maybe try not to, uh, say, oh, this is, these are my thoughts, you know, oh, self, let's, uh, see, uh, self is listening, self help me listen to this, and maybe do this sort of interplay, I don't know, like, you just, can, you know, I mean, you know, you try can. to use that rather than go against the grain, as you're, as you're saying. Well, maybe just use, let's it. say you could just use a subjective question, so let's say a typical thing, worrying about next week, yeah, okay. there's absolutely no opinion about next week, and the worrying, but you just ask, who is it that's worrying about next week, mm-hmm. and then just sit in a pause and see what shows up. And start having faith in the big mind, you know? You may not have to do much. Like that statement in the book, uh, are you willing to go to any length? There may not be any length at all. (laughs) The whole point is the willingness. It has nothing to do with the length. It's the willingness. (laughs) The lack lack of willingness is what gives more length. (laughs) I've been sober for a while, you know, I get the call and someone needs someone help to drive a guy to the detox at one in the morning. So I say, yeah, all right. Stop putting on my pants. I get a sudden call. Oh, we got it taken care of. So I get all the creds, but I didn't have to do anything. I was, but I was willing. I was willing, but I never get asked to go. <laughs> That's the key. Yeah? So let me just... All right, let me just use the same thing, same man, Ramana. I'm going to, and this is one of his favorite, not favorite, this is one of his followers who wrote this lovely thing. I'll just read it. So, simply stated, the problem, the problem, not a problem, yeah? The problem. Is that there is a perception that there is an individual self which wants to extinguish itself. So that the state of realization will be revealed, or happiness, or contentment, or whatever. It doesn't matter what you call it, (coughs) this is a dynamic that's happening. But anything which the individual self tries to do to eliminate itself merely prolongs its own existence. (laughs) If one sees spiritual practice as something that one does to attain realization, then there is no solution to this problem. There is no solution because the whole problem stems from the totally false assumption, the totally false assumption, that this individual self has a real existence. Mm. (coughs) Yes? So, um, I I think I've had some glimpses of being. But, and I think that where I originally got them was when I used to meditate. And it wasn't all the time, but just a few glimpses of being. But, but you seem to not think very highly of meditating. I don't think high or low. I think you need to have this... I, I really believe that every spiritual book, this should be stamped on the first page, this statement, that there may be an activity you're unaware of that the mental state is presupposing the existence of a non-existent thing as you're sitting down on the meditation pillow. So it's gonna, it may be claiming the act of meditating 
and then being used it to make a false meditator. And there's still the bondage of self to being the meditator. Just like you are bonded to self as being the drinker. Yes? Just like you're bonded to self to being the businessman. Just like you're bonded to self to being a bum. Yes? Whatever the mental state is, is allowed to come in contact with through conscious contact, yeah, it will claim. And it will use that to infer or presuppose or imply or insinuate that you are the doer, the thinker, the feeler of things. And therefore, all the ways to, get, to be free from the bondage of self, they can be used by selfing to increase the bondage of self. And these great masters have, pre, have warned us doesn't mean don't meditate. You don't have a choice. If that's your predilection, meditate. Yeah? doesn't matter. It's great meditation. But the whole point is, just be aware that when you sit down, the thief sits down with you, appearing to be you. Just to, and, you know, and the point is, the mental state's activities, once brought into the light, which you are the light, they reconfigure as soon as they're seen. They don't reconfigure as while you're looking from them. They fortify. But if you see them, see, be aware of them, I believe, humbly, that's more than enough. It will initiate things changing. Because you are the reality. When something, in AA we say false evidence appearing real. Yeah? Mm-hmm. For false evidence to appear real, it has to appear real to what's real. Where what's real? The mental state advertises a false one, yeah? And then the reality, based on being sort of diluted as a body, takes that false evidence and appears, and it makes it appear to be real to it. Where is that false evidence where does it get any kind of reality? It can't produce it. It's false. It's given reality for, by us. Isn't it? You believe something. Haven't you had something that you believe so ardently and then you don't believe it and suddenly, ma- magically, its effects on you is finished? <laughs> You're it. Hmm? You're it. Yes? You are the activity of everything here. It seems as though the mental state is extremely resistant to its non-existence. Of course it is. <laughs> what by like parasite wouldn't be? That is a huge <coughs> obstacle. To who? <laughs> <laughs> Seemingly us. Yeah, exactly. Right? I rest my case. Takes do something. Yeah, but I mean that's very personal and it's very feels very pain isn't personal. We make it personal. Everyone in the body feels pain. We make a big distinction between my pain and your pain. Yeah. The lack of empathy can be unbelievable because we think that one who's suffering is other and is not worthy of any any care because it's not me. We elevate our pain to be special. This society promotes <coughs> highness, not weakness, so that we make 
if we will do anything to anyone if we can see them as an other that we would, wouldn't stand for if it happened to us and yet it seems to make fucking sense in the insanity because insanity begets insanity I have this little thing I'm going to get political for a second so <laughs> that alright there's an alien species that sends a spaceship down here and they got a 10 year grant to study Earth, earthlings yeah so they land in America and then five minutes you know they hear a little bit about our country and then five minutes it only takes five minutes they call the mother planet and say we're coming home mm-hmm. and they go why you got a 10 year grant and they said well any society that has profit over health of their citizens is insane it's just going to be amplified from there mm-hmm. isn't it really literally mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. I mean that doesn't make any sense to any little kid if someone told you that your mommy has to pay to get something to be okay and if she doesn't she doesn't get it and passes away <coughs> it takes a long time of browbeating for you to fucking think that's sanity the mental state's been out a lot longer about you yeah. listen to people how do they talk about okayness I will be okay it's always put off into an imaginary fucking future and all the while there's an invalidation of the okayness the inherent okayness of what you are every fucking moment with the hopes that it will be okay later always later we're always pledging allegiance people come to talks like this and they feel fucking great but they go well what about Tuesday instead of just enjoying this right now they preempt it like will it be there Tuesday it's like pledging allegiance to the time you don't see it as insane that we're more concerned about how we're going to be and what's not happening than how we are now when this is the only undeniable event (laughs) would you say that thinking about what's happening now as it's happening in a way subtracts and takes us away from what it is yes it's it's an interpretation now you know what's happening and that's how instead of being what's happening you know what's happening it's totally a different modality and you're not going to change its stripes you're not going to convince the parasite to treat you well <laughs> like the old story of the lady who saves the snake and then puts a little shoebox and gets a little the eyedropper and feeds it for a few days and you know keeps it warm and then it takes it outside walking around and the snake bites her and she's like aghast Mr. Snake why did you bite me I've been so nice to you I brought you back to life and he goes hey I'm a snake (laughs) this is a parasitical (coughs) movement through and through it doesn't have a life it claims ours bite you know anything about parasites in the world like as things there's one the first one I was ever introduced to now people because they know I like parasite things send me tons of research but the first one I heard about was this amazing mushroom a cordyceps mushroom and the cordyceps mushroom just like everything else that's appearing wants to keep appearing yep and it has spores and you can't 
go place the spore anywhere because it doesn't have little mushroom legs, you know. It's sort of stationary, which is a severe limitation. <laughs> so they usually let the spores out and hope for the best, you know, wind or some bug animal will come by. But this cordyceps, it's almost like one of those smart farms. The spores land on ant, land on an ant, and then jack it burrows into the ant, jacks into its brain system, and tells the ant to go to an environment that the mushroom likes. Wow. When the ant arrives at that place, it kills the ant and grows right out of its head. And the weird, wildest thing is, there's tons of species of cordyceps, and they all land on specific insects. This was just one that only lands on ants. There's others that land on locusts. There's others. All unbelievable. You think we're immune to that? We're just being attacked by non-thing parasites and mental winds, the mental state. We're taking over constantly. We've got mushrooms sprouting out of our heads. We have mushroom clouds spouting out of heads. <laughs> Fucking giant earth-shattering events every day before you even get up. <laughs> it's amazing. Now they have new research. There's one called Toxo. It's its nickname. It's got a long name. It's in most mammals, and it's in, one, uh, in the brains of one-third of the human population. Now this thing has the one imperative, which is to procreate or to reproduce, but it can only reproduce in the belly of a cat. That's the only, I mean, talk about degree of difficulties. It's like the degree of difficulties of meeting a woman when there are no women around. I mean, it's pretty, up, you know, the deck is stacked against you. So here, but hey, it's there. So what happens with this one? It's in mice and rats, and when it jacks into the brain of the rat, and when the rat sees a, a cat, it tells it to run at the cat. They have a video, it's great. These four cats are lounging around near, next to this wall, you know, just fucking thinking what they're going to do. Then this big rat starts rolling up. <laughs> I basically eat me like a food truck. And three of the cats can't figure out. The other one goes, oh, wait, wait a minute. Feel it. And the cat's like, eat me, eat me, eat me. Broad daylight. You mean the rat? The rat, the I rat. mean. Yeah. Right. You don't think you can, you're driven? <laughs> Give me a freaking break. Look at alcoholism. Alcoholism drove us yeah. constantly. Do you think that's the only thing that's looking the land? No. There is a freedom, man. If you have a power that is the greatest power, which is your inherent condition, it gives you immunity to the lesser powers, which are mental. Mm. Yeah. You become unoccupied territory to them because you're occupied already by spirit. Mm. Yeah? So that it? Any more? No? Hey, we'll be somewhere tomorrow night, too. Oh, wait a minute. I gotta get my business plan. We have tons of, we have books, you know. There's, been, uh, there's a book that was transcribed of early talks I did. It's not linear, you just turn it any page. And then we have t shirts, because I like making shirts. <laughs> We've got nice, nice ones. And then we have, uh, yeah, oh yeah, we got to pass a basket yes, uh, to uh, support my lavish lifestyle. <laughs> As you can see, juices. Thanks, <laughs> Oh, you're welcome. Thank you.